there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. I am back, or I should say we are back and fired up here in 2012. Health, freedom, liberty on all levels, and guess what? A bonus advanced medicine. We call this Advanced Medicine Tuesday because I couldn't make it back from my holiday with my family in time to get Dr. Batar on live with me. So I asked him if he would be so gracious as to appear with me today. And yes, he is here. Happy New Year to you, Dr. Batar. Welcome back. Thank you, Robert. Happy New Year to you. And I hope you and your family had a refreshing break and a great holiday season. Serious recharging of batteries. I knew we have a lot to as much as we did in 2011. We've got even more to do to transform transform the consciousness of all the people that are ready for the healing that uh, we've you know brought the experiences out here and we're willing and open to share them our own through our own lives and experiences and our training etc. And there's a lot of healing on all the levels. And I'm so grateful because you've been able to roll with me over the past year into areas that you know people go, well, how'd they end up there? And this is where we're going. Yeah, I've had people actually comment that to me as well, and in the same breath, they've said, "You know, I wish there was a way just to get those those shows downloaded or something on my iPod." So, I, whatever it is, I thought that people were going to complain about it, but actually, they seem like I haven't had anybody voice any complaints. They seem like they actually enjoy it. So, well, whatever it is, uh, I guess the chemistry is working. Yeah, exactly. It's really funny how you get on here on you know in this form of media, broadcast media. It's a very intimate medium. We're not we're not really turning on the webcams just yet, and the the ability to go where we go, besides physiological health and healing and emotional other things. Of course, we talked about so many immune issues in in 2011 and cancer, et cetera. And we'll continue to pepper all our broadcasts together with that. We can't ignore that. In fact, today we've got a caller. We'll get to in a while on Hashimoto's and thyroid. So we'll you and I will talk definitely about that. But there's a lot of political healing later today. The Iowa caucuses happening. And, of course, Ron Paul, center stage here. If we want to restore liberty in 2012, the election's coming up later in the year. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I got a message from one of my uh, friends who was getting ready to contribute to Ron Paul's campaign. And uh, on the banner, when it shows, you know, as his, as what his budget or what his, I guess, his funds, how much funds they've raised, and it's it's an up-to-the-minute report on what Ron Paul needs and what he's gotten. Uh, my name popped up on the banner because I just contributed um, to his campaign. And it was interesting because he said he was about to do it, and he saw my name pop up, and it shocked him for a second. It just it was a coincidental thing because I guess I'd just done it you know, 15 minutes before or something. So, yes. Um, but it, it is an important component, and I'll have to tell you, Robert, in the, this is the first time in my life I've ever contributed to anybody's campaign financially. I mean I've, I have contributed money to uh, party lines and for certain causes, but I have never, ever donated or given money to a candidate to actually get elected, per se. Yeah. And, Dr. Uh, Batar, the, the, let me ask you, what is it that inspired you to do so? I mean, because that, that is something different. I, I've been so cynical and skeptical and vice versa, all of that, because for, for very good reason, watching politics in America in my lifetime. 
And, of course, Ron Paul inspired me, and I've shared the story many times. What was it? Was there one thing that just jumped out at you that said, oh, my, I've got to open up my checkbook, whatever it is, and, and we've got to make this happen? Well, you know, he's a, a man of principle. He's a physician who believes in the same principles as you and I do. Uh, but what really compelled me to do it was some of the outrageous lies that were being said. And there was a video that they showed with a person that Ron Paul dealt with 20, 30 years ago. And um, it, it just really infuriates me when the hierarchy, in order to propagate their agenda, whatever it is, will start to demonize an individual because I've been a victim of this myself. And it just infuriates me when, they, when you take a blatant lie and then you start projecting that lie as if it's the truth and then keeping those that would speak out to say the truth, minimizing them, demonizing them, denigrating them, yes. and essentially taking away their ability to speak the truth. And when I saw this happening to Ron Paul, I mean, for me, you know, it's, it wasn't a – I mean, I'm a small – person and it doesn't affect the millions of people out there like Ron Paul's denigrating would affect millions of people. And so anyway, when I saw that happening, it was, it's a scar that I guess is sensitive. So when I saw that happening to him, I wanted to defend him and, um, you know, opening up a checkbook was the least that I could do. We actually sent out an email to all our constituency, which I've never done anything like this from a political, I, I don't take political I, And stances. I got that email, by the way, Dr. Batara. It was, it was so inspiring that you did that, and I was very pleased to see it. I think we share that sense of, you know, when we see an injustice, you know, when someone comes to us sincerely for help, we want to help, or if we see somebody else being unfairly accused of something that they are not in any way, shape, or form guilty of, uh, you know, that sense of injustice or justice in us rises up and say, we, we've got to do something. Absolutely. Um, There's a famous quote, I can't remember which justice actually said it, but one of the Supreme Court justices had said it, but something to the extent the only thing that's necessary for evil to perpetuate is for good men to stand by and do nothing. Now is not the time to do nothing, but of course there are many ways to contribute, and people are doing every every little bit, and it's just been such an inspiring thing, like the story of what you said, I've never given to a political campaign, for instance, and suddenly people that have long since abandoned the American body politic because of the disgust, because of the corruption, look at this guy and go, all right, one last shot, we're going to give it one last shot, here's a guy who's never waffled, flip-flopped, or anything like that. And we're going to give it our, le- our, our, best, uh, our best shot. And, and last Friday, while I was still on vacation, my, uh, my, my dear friend, Liam Sheff, who contributes to the program, uh, hosted the show for me, called me all the way down in Jamaica, and they had played that. They did a whole hour on Ron Paul as a racist. Of course, it was so absurd. And they uh, played that ad where he was a physician. I think this was in the early 70s. And this was a time where there was a black man, and this was in Texas, who was married to a white woman. She was having pains in, in labor, and they tried to call the police on this guy. He was trying to get help for his wife, and he and, and Dr. Paul came in, absolutely helped this woman. Unfortunately, there was a stillborn uh, birth, but uh, th- th- he actually said, don't worry about the bill, and Ron Paul covered the medical bill, the hospital bill, everything, you know, to show the integrity of a man like that. And they're trying to, as you say, denigrate, marginalize, call him a racist. It's a sense of outrage that, that and comes this over is, you. And this is a straight word from the man himself, uh, who's, who's a black man. It wasn't his white wife that was talking about this. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and his message, the, the man's message was that here they are saying these lies about a good man, and that's why he came forward and wanted the world to know the truth. It's just a sad thing, Robert. And this is one of the things that bothers me too. And, and 
there is concern. How far will they stoop to try to prevent uh, somebody like Ron Paul from going into office? Will they actually have an accurate voting? Yeah, well, sure. Will they the, the, try to, you know, miss uh, what's the what's the word that when they try to adjust the numbers, but they do it illegally. I don't even know. There's a well, listen. It. It, this is a very real concern of all of ours, I believe, and and I think they're going to be witnessing. They have a, a and Ron Paul's people also have people watching the count everywhere. So this is going to be watched like a hawk. We'll see what happens. He's expected to do first or second. Uh, some are claiming that Rick Santorum, the guy that wants to go to war with Iran immediately, is is creeping up in the polls because of Ron Paul's foreign policy, and he just wants to follow the Constitution. So there's some a lot of things that we could expect, some foul play. At the same time, I think, you know, this is it. We're in 2012 now. This is the year the, the curtain is lifting ever faster. Absolutely. The illusions are shattering. And we're yep. beginning to see that the media cannot control through mass hypnosis the people the way they used to be so successfully doing so. Absolutely. In fact, it's interesting you brought that up about 212 because this is the year that the misinformation is ending and we are entering the golden age from the information age into the golden age, which means that truth will resonate at a higher frequency and people will find that truth. And so I don't think that it's a mistake that Ron Paul is running for office. Um, I think it's uh, this year. I mean, I think it's happening for a very specific reason and the timing couldn't be better. Yeah, and we, it's also interesting too, you know, what you said about people watching this like a hawk. Yes. Um the other concern is that if he does get elected, then he's going to have to be protected much more efficiently than um the typical president because I think that the way that the whole system is for those that are aware or those that are that know how this works, I think that the powers that be that get these presidents elected, th- there's no passion that's elicited as great as in a person that's like a Gandhi or I, I equate Ron Paul uh, coming close to the same type of a level of, you know, maybe not a Gandhi, but somebody who has withstood the test of time and has been out there by himself and has taken the bullets and taken the arrows and hasn't flinched. Well, a person like that, the, the problem is with a person like that that won't back down is that those that are going to lose power or that are going to lose profits because of him, they will not stop at anything to rid themselves of an individual like that. And so that that concern in my head is I hope that he's very well protected. He's going to need double, triple the the coverage that most presidents just because you're going to have – not because of people like you and I that love Mm -hmm. freedom would go out there and do something, but because those that are in power, the hierarchy that can't afford to have – a loose cannon, as they would call him, mm-hmm. somebody who believes in the Constitution, because obviously believing in the Constitution, as we know, is what, what was the term that they used uh, to believe in the Constitution was considered anti-patriotic or something? Yeah, unpatriotic, or it's anachronistic, you know, to bring yeah. up the Constitution. What do you mean it's anachronistic to do that? And in addition, if we look at the, the you know, the simple transformation going back into uh, what Ron Paul is saying, and we've said this together on the air, the most dangerous man on the planet is the one who cannot be bought. And, the, you know, we have a country that is now run by lobbyists, as we've seen this, the global corporations with no allegiance to any nation or state, the multinationals, et cetera. And we, they bought the Democrats, they bought the Republicans, and the lobbyists have admitted they're on the record saying that Ron Paul is the only man that's incorruptible in, Cong- in Congress. They don't even visit him unless, mm. you know, it's to say hello, but they don't get anything from him. Well, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah. Having been involved on the state level and on the federal level and having met many of these congressmen and senators and having, you know, talked with not only 
their staff members, but just seeing how almost analogous to a Mexican bazaar their politics are. Yes. It's almost like you can buy, sell, negotiate, barter. You do this for me, I'll do that. It, it's the worst system I can ever imagine to have a country and, and subsequently the people of that country dependent upon that system. And it, it's, just, it's just wrong. It is completely wrong. I think that when Congress, you and I talked about this, when Congress allowed pharmaceutical companies to start advertising, that was one of the biggest mistakes that was made. Mm-hmm. I think to have lobbying, I think it's a terrible mistake. It needs to be done where if, it's, if it is something where the politician needs to be made aware of, then it should be done in an open system. Uh-huh. I don't know how you would do it necessarily, but it would have to be open, almost like sure. a stadium and that all the governmental officials have to be there and each person makes their presentation. And then, of course, people will say that there's not enough time, the agendas are multiple, <laughs> well, et cetera, et cetera. But there's got to be a better way than anything having to doing slow it. down the corruption, anything. Now, consider this, Dr. Batar, if the government did not have jurisdiction and domain over medicine, why would they lobby? Exactly. If there was a free market for medicine, why would, then then those marketeers would have to lobby the people, and that is more honest and open. Here we are. This is what we want, and then you would apply statutes against fro- force and fraud, so that if somebody lies, that they would be held liable or accountable. Right now, they lie, and the congressmen lie. Nobody's held accountable. So let's beautiful, tra- beautiful point, yeah. Robert. That's an awesome point. You are absolutely right. I wish that people that are in the position of power, and hopefully this will be the type of change that we'll see with Ron Paul, mm-hmm. that these type of changes, it's a, it's a subtle yet so profound change, just what you just said, it would completely turn the tables, mm-hmm. completely wipe the slate clean and allow the truth to resonate, allow the truth to become known, and allow the people, which historically, it's only when the people demand something does anything significant happen. It's never been a political party, a, a lobbying group, a, a professional organization that has created any change that was of significance, that was of worth. It has always been when the public has demanded it. Mm-hmm. And if the lobbyists have to now have to go to the public and lobby the public to become aware of a change, then there is no more truth. That, that's, that's the best truth that we can have. Yeah. Yet, that's not how it's done. So I, I love that idea that you just had. Where well, the that, that's, to to of course, people. a Ron Paul idea as well. So we're here to acknowledge that. Today is the Iowa caucus. You're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. We are kicking it into gear here. 2012, my dear friend, Dr. Rashid Bittar, so graciously came on for an Advanced Medicine Tuesday. And we're going to get to Hashimoto's and thyroid disease a little later in the program. We're also going to talk about some economic healing to kick it off. All the illusions fading away here this year. And we'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott, the Robert Scott Bell Show. We are back and rocking the health world here in 2012. First show of the year officially with Dr. Rashid Bittar. Do a little political healing. We'll get into some economic healing. Obviously, the caucuses later today in Iowa. We'll report on them to more tomorrow. Uh, Dr. Bittar, you know how they're still trying to play hypnosis in the media. You found an article forwarded to me from last night where they're trying to dissuade people from thinking that Ron Paul actually believes he can win. And I've got that link up as well, but you'll you'll read these things, and it so, becomes so obvious how they're utilizing the media, the old media, to slant things. So go, oh, well, he doesn't believe he can win, so no one else should bother voting. 
you know, the guy is a humble man. He's trying to downplay it. He's not arrogant. And just when you read the article, it's it's such an absurd article because if the man didn't think he could win as the Republican candidate and then or get the Republican nomination and then run and and win the highest office, why would he be wasting all this time and effort and money to do so? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, he believes it, but he is, again, a humble man. He's not sitting up there like you see the boxers, the politicians that – you know, yap, 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 promise, 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 BS, BS, BS. Yeah. And when it comes to it, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. No, this is substantial. And there's another substantial story. We in, in 2011, you and I covered a lot of cool economic healing news. And the perspectives on this is we recognize economics, you know, plays a part in all of our lives. And in order to do this show, we have to have economic support and the advertisers and sponsors and, and, and you as well. We, I love people to buy your book, uh, because it's so extraordinary. By the way, I just got word from you that it, it's translated into French, the nine steps to keep the doctor away, another language. Yeah, that actually, uh, was. I think it was the second, first or second translation that was done, but it's it's been up now for a couple of months, and I just got the French publisher sent me the link, so it's uh, on their equivalent of Amazon, it looked like, but it was all in French, right. so I couldn't really read it. You saw the color was different, they changed the colors a little bit, I guess yep, each, yep. Of the, Very nice. each of the countries have got their own little way of making the book look that they think is the right way so sure no but it's exciting to see the message of healing in the nine steps to keep the doctor away is going traveling around the planet just as this show is those of you who are new to the robert scott bell show right here in 2012 if you have not picked up the nine steps to keep the doctor away we've got those links up in today's blog notes as we do each week at robertscottbell.com and you can listen to all of the archive programs through uh, my site or through dr batar site and again all of that's plugged in for you so you can get there easily but when we talk about economics, Iceland, what an interesting story. I, I've only mentioned this once last year. You brought it to my attention again. It's, it's definitely worth talking about again as opposed to the international banksters trying to scam the people of Iceland. They had the last laugh. I love that, banksters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody caught that, but I just caught that. Gangsters, banks, banksters. I like that. Uh, absolutely. I think that story is a wonderful story because it gives us not only – a frame of reference as to what is possible, it actually gives us a template to follow and not allow ourselves to fall into the same hole that the banksters, as you mm-hmm. so <laughs> appropriately. appropriately stated, uh, would, would have us fall into. So I think that, that just that simply reading that story just to understand what they did and how we can follow that, yeah. it's beautiful. It is probably the simplest thing. And it's actually what our Constitution is all based on, which is the people have the power. Yeah. And in this case, it, it is what Ron Paul's been warning about for 30 years. Somebody called him uh, their Noah because he's been saying the flood's going to be coming for 30 years when everybody else has had their head underwater going, well, I don't see the water anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, Iceland, I've got the link up in the blog notes at robertscottbell.com. Basically, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, this is the equivalent tied into the Federal Reserve. It's complete fiat money. Uh, backed by nothing. It's based on a, a debt system, an enslavement by a debt. And, you know, there's a debt Iceland held because these politicians sold the people out, much like they have done in America and almost every country around the world. And rather than pay on the debt, the Icelandic people had a referendum and they kicked the bankers out and they told them we're well, not Robert, paying. Before you, before you get into that, yeah. wh- why don't you tell them what the, uh, what the needle that broke the camel's back or the piece of straw that broke the camel's back was? Well, in terms of, of the debt-to-person to ratio and paying back this debt? Right, exactly. That they had – the mandate was, I guess, the referendum that they finally kicked out was that each 
citizen of Iceland would have to pay, what was it, $137? $130 a month for 15 years at 5.5% interest just to pay off the debt incurred by private parties vis-a-vis other private parties. That is, the, you know, the politicians playing the fascist game, if you will, corporations and government where there's no beginning and no end to either, and then putting the debt on the people. That's what they woke which up is, and realized. Which is exactly what's happening right now in our own yeah. country. And I think they they would get off cheap at 130 per month for 15 years at five and a half. We're, we've got debt that is untenable. It cannot be repaid. And that is what Ron Paul has been warning us all about. But in Iceland, they threw the bums out and said, we're not paying. And they threatened they were going to shut them down. They're going to isolate them like Cuba is isolated or uh, you know, but they realized that, hey, you want to turn us into Cuba by isolating us? If we accept your terms, we're going to be Haiti. That's right. That's right. And they ended up not only calling their bluff, but as I understand it, a couple of those uh, bankers are now in jail. They're in jail. The, uh, Interpol is looking for some of them. Their warrants are out for their arrest. Yep. So what, what I think is really beautiful here is that they stood their ground. They did not allow the bully to intimidate them or the bullies to intimidate them. And if you look at what's happening in our own country, when they did the bailout, I believe it was a bailout for the G, for GM, I believe it for was. For instance, yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, if you looked at the money, I believe it was an email that I got that was talking about somebody had an email that went around the country that said, hey, they had another idea of what we could do. Instead of giving that money to GM, which failed, I mean, you know, nobody's given you or me or anybody else that have our own small little companies that may have failed. Nobody gives us money. So why are these big companies getting this bailout money? Well, here's the interesting point. They said, like, okay, you take that money and you divide it by 100 million, which was they figured that there was one head of household for every three people, three and a half people. So if you look at the U.S. population of three and a half, uh, 350 million people, you say, okay, that would be 100 million people, the head of household. You divide that up, it came out to be like $450,000 per family. Now you give that $450,000 per family to every family in the United States, assuming three hmm. members to each family. And they said, you talk about an economic stimulus package, that will <laughs> definitely stimulate the, the country. Uh, the economy would get stimulated. People would be able to pay off their loans, go out there, start buying things, buy houses, buy whatever. And you've got your perfect economic stimulus package. And you did it at a fraction of the cost. But now we've bailed out GM, bailed out you know this company, that company, talking about more bailouts, talking about bailing out the bankers. We're just creating our own problem. Yeah, we are. And and in this case, they they rightly say in this article that we link, the people of Greece have been told that the privatization of their public sector is the only way to keep the nation afloat. The people of Italy, Spain, and Portugal are facing similar pressures. They and the rest of us could learn a lot from Iceland, refusing to bow to foreign interest and stating loud and clearly that the people can and will take their power back. This is not a pipe dream. This is happening. It has already happened in Iceland, and the struggle is on here in America, as has been for many years. Now with the Ron Paul revolution, as we affectionately call it, more and more people are becoming aware, and you're right. That's the dangerous, scary part. When I interviewed Jesse Ventura, he said he'd be the best vice presidential candidate with Ron Paul because they wouldn't want to see him as president, so he'd be the insurance policy. Well, I actually kind of like that idea, but my question is that the thing that happened with Iceland, why isn't the media covering it? 
Well, we we exactly know why because the media is is very much a part of that international uh, fraud. They're they're the mouthpiece. It's no independent media. There's no free press unless you listen to the Robert Scott Bell Show or read Natural News and these other sources that have uh, become outsourced beyond the control of those bankers. That's why 2012 is going to be very interesting. There'll be a push on to suppress the freedom of speech on the internet as has the most recent debacle in government been the uh, D- uh, Defense Reauthorization or Authorization Act, which now allows for the uh, basic indefinite detention of U.S. citizens. All they have to do is declare you're an enemy combatant or a suspect in terrorism. Without proof, there is no uh, habeas corpus. I mean, this is the, the uh, Democratic uh, of the people man, Obama, doing this. And then, of course, there's constant distraction with what uh – uh, Kim Kardashian is doing or with, you know, what that celebrity is doing, what that other celebrity is doing and, you know, who's getting married to who or who's getting divorced from who. There's, there's constant barrage of that type of information that's put out there to create more delusion and more uh, illusion so people don't really focus in on the things that are important and pertinent. Yeah, well, Kardashian crack can only go to, so far in keeping the people asleep to what's going on. The... <laughs> The, the reality is the pain has risen to the point of awareness. As we've talked about, pain is actually a, a great purifier. It awakens the senses, even though it's not pleasant to have it, but sometimes it's necessary to go, hey, hey, dummy out there, like I'm talking to myself. Knock me over the head with a two-by-four. Don't do that. That's not a good idea. And we yeah. finally go, you know, you're right. That's not a good idea. Let's do something different. Well, and I think uh, you are definitely doing something different to get the information out there, and, and I appreciate you for that, and that's one of the reasons that I've always made myself – accessible and do whatever is necessary to get the show out there with you every week because to me this is very important what you're doing and it's uh, any way i can support it i'm most pleased and honored to be able to do so well it's, i'm grateful and anybody out there listening right now as you are every every day that the, the audience is growing dr batar has been instrumental in the past year we could not have done this without him and if you have not expressed your gratitude to him like i do every week please do so and this is uh this is something that when we get to talk about these things, like you brought up the Iceland issue, which I'm so glad you did, it, it elevates the, the the discussion here in ways that other media outlets cannot go into at this level. And in, indeed, as we lay it back into the ability or the freedom to heal, as Ron Paul has said as well, get get medicine and state and separate them out. Allow the people to make a choice. And you think that the accessibility to medicine w- would go up or down? It's going to go up. The competition is that there wouldn't be attacks, indiscriminate, unauthorized, and unwarranted attacks on healers that simply say, hey, listen, I'm not into the drug model. I mean, I know I'm authorized to give a drug, but I'm not going to do it unless I really believe it's necessary. And in most of the cases, it's not. It's really an interesting way that the medical profession, and it's really no different from any profession, how they would create this, uh, what's the term? Monopoly? Not monopoly. Yeah, monopoly is a good term, though. Well, yeah, it is. It's the... When you talk about antitrust and racketeering, it, it, yeah. it's really nothing less than racketeering. Right. If you had a group of people that went around and said, I'll protect you if you pay me X, Y, and Z every week. And if you don't, I'm going to come here. I'm going to break your freaking knees. <laughs> That's really what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a mafiosa type thing. Uh, we've heard it termed the medical mafia. Of course, the medical cartel. Yeah, the medical cartel. We've actually referenced a book. I think years ago, I interviewed a guy who wrote the book Racketeering in Medicine. Very, very good friend of mine, Dr. Carter. Yep. Yep. It's a great book. 
So there's a lot of good information that has been coming out, trickling out over the years, really some sensational books. And in fact, when we talk about the Icelandic uh, miracle that just happened, uh, you know, reference back to the guy Perkins who wrote Confessions of an Economic Hitman, how these international banksters, gangsters, have played these games for a long time now, about over 100 years, and we can go back further than that. But in, in modern context, they are now struggling to keep their game going because the people are on to them. And it doesn't mean everybody is or everybody will be, but it didn't take the majority to establish the American Revolution, and it's not going to take the majority to establish the next American Revolution. Robert, the, this reminds me of a saying and I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something to do with speaking the truth and that when you're in a revolution, the actual act of speaking the truth, which is construed as heresy mm-hmm. and anti-patriotism is actually the most important patriotic thing you can do because you're speaking the truth. Yeah, that's the heroic act. That is the patriotic duty to do so. And remember, there's a difference between the people and the government. And that's one thing that has been lost by uh, those that have become worshippers of the state, whether they consider themselves on the left side of the political spectrum or the right side. Uh, They're all, by and large, hooked on medicines or drugs, mostly, in fact, approved by government, FDA, and that's part of the problem. They can't get the nutrients into their system so that they can think clearly again. So that's another part of what we do with advanced <laughs> medicine here. Well, I may argue with you. I may say that it's actually the toxicity the government's put in place there to allow them mm-hmm. the dysfunctioning that's necessary for them to perpetuate their agenda. I could not argue that point. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> hey, listen, let's take another break here, Dr. Batar, and we'll do some physiological healing, if you don't mind. We've got a call about the thyroid and Hashimoto's uh, disease. You up for that? Yeah, actually, it's interesting that there's multiple things that you said that have come in. And it does. My experience is also the same as yours, that when there's an important component, it's, you know, always comes in twos or threes, usually threes. So, you know, obviously people have questions about different things, but when a question is asked two or three times, within the same yes we've got to do it then it's important we have got to do it we're going to do it a special edition of advanced medicine on tuesday with dr rasha batar kicking off the new year on the robert scott bell show back after this the robert scott Bell bell show Bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. We were just talking about the medical cartel, medical monopoly, the international racketeering organization of the pharmaceutical industrial complex with Dr. Batar here. And you, Dr. Batar, you, you, I guess it was you or your wife brought this to, to our attention, to my attention too. Uh, this guy, we talk about protecting the public or, or protecting the monopoly, right? The whole idea of licensure. We've talked about medical boards going after doctors because they don't prescribe enough drugs or you because of you, your holistic inclination, integrative uh, approaches that are so advanced. It, this is a story I even I shook my head at. Robert Catani, Staten Island plastic surgeon, suspended after 40-plus years of malpractice suit. 40-plus years and now they suspend him? Yeah, it's like somebody was obviously too drunk to understand, you know, that uh, after the second or third one, a pattern is developing. So they had to wait till so many people had sued the guy before they finally did something. And this is actually an interesting component, too, because in North Carolina, when we were working on changing the uh, the North Carolina Medical Practice Act, amending it back in 2003, 
which, Robert, you know that it's the fastest bill ever in the history of North Carolina to be introduced as a as a bill, go through the House, go through the Senate, and be ratified. Uh, that was our bill that we passed in 2003, uh, Bill 886, Due Process for Physicians. And what's, what was interesting was that when we started looking at the number of integrative doctors that were being investigated versus the normal doctors that were practicing status quo medicine, uh, the ratios, obviously the inter- integrative medicine doctors is a much smaller number, but the ratio was something like 17% of the integrative doctors were being investigated versus 0.17% or 1.3% or something ridiculous, less than, less than like a quarter of a percent yeah. of the conventional doctors being investigated. And then when you started looking at the incidences of malpractice against the doctors, albeit that sometimes the malpractice lawsuits are frivolous, but let's just look at malpractice against doctors in the integrative profession the incidence of malpractice compared to the normal practice of medicine, I can't even tell you. It was something like, oh, God, it was something like 1,300 or 13,000% more frequent in the normal practice of medicine compared to the integrative doctors. It was, it, it was the most absurd, skewed numbers. And yet these doctors, the higher group, the, the higher malpractice was never being looked at. And the group that had no malpractice, virtually nothing – was being investigated at an exorbitantly higher percentage of those doctors were being looked at. Now, why would they be doing that? It's, again, the same thing we were talking about with racketeering. You've got this group thing that I'm not going to play your game. I'm not going to start giving people drugs. I'm not going to cover up symptoms with pharmaceuticals. I'm not going to allow the hierarchy to dictate how I practice medicine. I'm not going to practice and follow these standard of care, which are arbitrary concepts that are like a puff of smoke and nobody can even define what the standard of care is. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take care of my patients. I haven't taken an oath to the medical board to protect the medical board. I've taken an oath to protect my patient and do what's necessary for my patient. So these people that have stood out like this, these are the, these are the people that are getting the messages, knock on the door. If you don't pay me, if you don't adhere to the mm-hmm. standard we're putting out there, we're going to break your knees. And the rest of the people, they're going around you know, hurting people. People are dying on the tables. It, 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 there was plastic surgeons right here in North Carolina, in Charlotte, in the, my own city where I live, that had multiple people that died on their operating table in their own offices, and they never even got an investigation from the medical board to find out the cause of death. It, it, it's, this is, this is a weird thing. I'm not saying plastic surgeons are bad. Don't get no, me no, wrong. That's, that's not what my intention is. Yeah. I've got one of, the, one of the best plastic surgeons in this, in this whole state is a very, very close friend of mine. And I'm actually gives his patients Arnica, Dr. Victor Ferrari, gives his patients Excellent. Arnica before surgery. That's beautiful. He's a plastic surgeon, conventional doc. Now, but not all of them are open-minded like that. And my point was not about plastic surgeons, but about the fact that doctors that are doing the wrong thing and that have a history of performing inadequately or being incompetent, not being looked at by the medical boards, and yet doctors that have never had anybody, not even being named in a malpractice lawsuit, in my case, 21 years of practice of medicine, never even named in a malpractice lawsuit. You can be named in a suit even though you weren't, you know, you had nothing to sure. do with it, but you were one of the doctors involved in the care of a patient in the hospital. I've never even been named in a suit and yet they came after me they come after me three or four times now well this so, is the this this you know basically goes to my point for many years now that i've said licensure doesn't protect the public it protects the bad doctors from the public it protects the drug industry from the public that is the concept that still needs to be understood because we come back to dr ron paul and his message he's even spoken out against licensure 
He's not against board certification and private certifications. You want to be validly, you can't lie about what you do or, or, or know. But the idea of licensure protecting the public, one day we'll look back and go, wow, we were really duped. Oh yeah, it was. It was. It's a. It's an absurd concept. You're absolutely right. The licensure. You sh- you're absolutely right. Should be there to protect the public, not to protect the the professional. And that's exactly what it does. You're absolutely right. And it's one of the strangest things they use that language on the on in the medical board's case. At least they use that as their mission statement to protect the public. And yet, what service do they provide? In protecting the public. In fact, in my case, Robert, do you remember what I had said? I said this on your show. I said this uh, on uh, 2020. I made that that comment. I said that if I am guilty of anything that the medical board has accused me of, it is their obligation. It is their mandate to immediately remove my license. Right. Why don't they do that? Yeah, and they never did. Of course, you For said three it and right a half out. years. They just played their charades. Well, and then we've got the protection of what we would call malpractice from a perspective of holistic, integrative healing, really genuinely understanding the true nature and cause of disease. Again, you go through that extensively in the nine steps to keep the doctor away, yet the doctors are practicing malpractice, if I can say it that way, because look at the thyroid disease. I mean, they're, they're in many ways causing it. We Remember we talked about we had a number of questions, and we even have a call I want to play. You think it would be a good time now? I can throw yeah, that yeah, call absolutely. in there. Absolutely. Listen to this about Hashimoto's, and you'll hear the confusion that's out there, and this is the it's like echoed exactly how I've heard it for so many years. Let's go ahead and take this call. Hi, I'm Amber from West Virginia, and I was recently diagnosed with Hashimoto's autoimmune disorder, and I would love for you to talk about this on your show. I've read a few books about it, and it seems like there's a lot of conflicting information out there about how to treat it. Some people say to use iodine. Others say that actually makes the thyroid um, antibodies go up, and so I just have a lot of questions about it, and I'd love for you to really spend some time on your show talking about it. Thank you. Well, thank you, Amber. And uh, Dr. Batar, I'll just let you let it rip to start. Well, you know, it's interesting about Hashimoto's, and it's, this is very similar. You could actually apply this to many endocrine disorders of the body. It's the same thing. In fact, Chapter 11 on, in my book is dedicated to this about the negative inhibitory feedback loop and what ends up happening. But, Robert, you remember in the book I talk about the three foundations of health. Yes. And the three foundations of health are just like the three subterranean uh, levels of a building and they're, they're, they're underground, they're where the parking lots are, and then on top of that you build infrastructure. And But the, that foundation has to be very, very strong in order for the building to be able to withstand you know, air, air currents and, and um, just this, to be able to stay standing up and, and not crumble because the foundation is weak. And those three foundations, the very first one is, and we've talked about this so many times, systemic detoxification. The second one, you remember what that was, Robert? Immune modulation, right? Yeah, immune modulation was next, and, yes. And then, and then the third one, the, the first two are built upon, is the physiological optimization. But Hashimoto's is an immune modulation issue. It's not a hyper or a mm-hmm. hypo immune, because many people will say, well, it's a hyper immune response that's causing antibodies to be built against the thyroid, and then it creates hypothyroidism because there's a autoimmune condition that affecting, that's affecting the thyroid, and that's what Hashimoto's is defined as. But in actuality, it's an immune modulation issue. Right. Why does the body create an immune response against one of its own organs? You have the same problem with systemic lupus erythematosus. You have the same problem with myasthenia gravis. 
You have the same problem. Some people believe, which I, I'm one of those, that multiple sclerosis has a significant issue with autoimmune conditions. You have, you know, it's a hyper immune response. Well. Yep. So why is that happening? Why is it that this body that has this immune system that's there to protect itself is starting to turn on itself? Well, hold that thought. When we come back, we're going to get to the answer of that. That's what we call a cliffhanger here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. we got Dr. <laughs> Rashi Bittar with me on a special edition of Advanced Medicine. We usually do Monday, but I'm just back here kicking in 2012. Couldn't think of a better way to do it than with Dr. Bittar. So the answer, Hashimoto's, after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott, the Robert Scott Bell Show. I know everybody's hanging on the edge of their seat to find out what is Dr. Batar going to say about Hashimoto's. We call it a cliffhanger. And we're back. Robert, I think that only in the Robert Scott Bell Show could Hashimoto disease and being a cliffhanger be, be held in the same sense. <laughs> Somehow we tie things together here, but that's what we must do to keep the audience going with us. So, uh, but they, they do. They tune in every day, every week. And, uh, again, so many people look forward to having you on board every week. That's why, as I said, wanted to kick off the new year with you. I'm so glad we're doing it. I appreciate that, Robert. Well, the Hashimoto's issue, it's very, you know, I hate, hate for the cliffhanger to be not as big of a cliffhanger as we <laughs> expected because anybody that's been listening to the show knows, probably knows what I'm going to say. It's an issue with toxicity. Mm hmm. Um, and again, the problem is that whatever is going on with our systems, whatever system it may be, wh- whether it's uh, an endocrine organ like the thyroid or the adrenals or it's a, uh, any, any organ system for that matter, if you're talking about the heart, the lungs, whatever the case is, the primary issue always starts off with the toxicity. And as I talk about in the book, and if the, Robert has the links up there to the uh, facts on toxicity, yep. or at Medical Rewind, if you go to www.medicalrewind.com, you've got the links that will take you to facts on toxicity. The facts on toxicity talks about the seven toxicities that I believe and I have proven that if you can effectively detoxify the body of these seven toxicities that chronic disease cannot by definition exist, and thyroiditis or the inflammation of the thyroid or the autoimmune condition of the thyroid or the what we refer to as, hypo, as um, the uh, Hashimoto's hyp- hypothyroidism, um, this is the same issue. Some people say, well, you should treat it with iodine. Well, again, why is – am I saying that iodine is not beneficial in this case? No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is why is the body – Low in iodine in the first place. Yes. What caused the displacement of the iodine and what was that iodine that was displaced replaced with and why is the thyroid no longer working? It's and, all about toxicity. Yes, you and the selenium to, as well. That's replaced, depleted because of all the toxicity as we've covered so many times. But again, with all the new listeners, we want to go back and, and reiterate some of the basics here. And I would also reiterate that many people are getting the absolutely wrong form of iodine with iodized table salt, which is, a, to me, a, a clinical chronic poison if you're not really eating the salt as it's you know from the earth, so to speak, these ancient crystal salts versus the refined table salt. Exactly. Sea salt is, a, you know, raw sea salt is the best way or, or some of the other salts, Robert, you just mentioned, but... The selenium aspect, mm-hmm. the iodine aspect, the, there's many other trace elements here that, that are necessary. But mercury will cause a displacement of selenium. Yes. Mercury will cause a displacement of magnesium. Mercury will cause many of these trace elements to be displaced. Uh, copper is another one. So, you know, where is the toxicity? I mean, giving a person a nutrient or giving a person like iodine or, or selenium 
in my book, is a secondary step. That is like starting the engine or that is like putting – well, I'm not going to get into the in – well, I, well, I'm thinking about it, so I should say it. Hmm. That's like pulling up your pants after you've gone to the bathroom. But first, <laughs> you have to pull down your pants so you can go to the bathroom. First, you have to get into the car before you can start the car. You have to open the door before you start the car. Yeah. Before you start giving a person a supplement – before you start giving a person a nutrient to deal with a deficiency, you have to first determine why is there that deficiency. Otherwise, by giving them the supplement or whatever, you're going to get a false sense of security because that imbalance is going to only be recreated. Whatever you do with that supplement, it's only a temporary fix because you have to first find out why is that disruption taking place. And that is because of a displacement and that is due to a toxicity. Mm-hmm. You address the toxicity, you create rebalance, and then once the balance has been established, then if you need some more help, then you give the body what it needs to help reach that balance level, that re-equilibrium, that homeostasis, if you will, mm-hmm. to allow the body to start back in its normal uh, functioning mode, but you cannot do that by just giving somebody something. When you know, it's like having a car that's going down the road, and the the, the you just filled up the tank, and all of a sudden the car's not running. Well, I'll just put in some more gas, or I'll just put in some more oil. Well, that doesn't. It's not going to get the car going. It just so happens that the human body is one of the is the most Resilient. Uh, incredible machine that's ever been produced. I don't even understand how the the human body machine is able to continue moving and and functioning. The way it does, given all the crap that we, we as humans it, yeah. put into our bodies, yeah, it's amazing to me. I will also say this is you know the why, the reason why we spend so much time, let's say, repairing physiological systems as well, but understanding that the damage to those things have to be removed, or else the damage will continue. Even if, as you said, you throw something good in there, you know, if That's the right. digestive system is corrupt, it can't even absorb even the best stuff. Sometimes you have to put the fire out before you can start to rebuild the house. That's really what it comes down to. You You can put in all the carpet and you can put in all the new windows and the doors and everything, but if the fire is still burning in the house, you are just wasting your time and effort because nothing is going to be accomplished. You must, by definition, first put out the fire. I am so glad you mentioned the putting out of the fire because these inflammatory cascades that seemingly are without end until complete exhaustion and collapse of the body or helped along by medicine that corrupts the immune system on purpose because they wrongly say the immune system has gone awry as opposed to all the things you reference with toxicity, etc. The cooling of inflammation, whether it be through the use of omega-3 essential fats, etc., another brilliant and and critical aspect to to cool these autoimmune reactions. Well, absolutely. It's very important to cool those reactions down. But, Robert, more important than cooling it down Mm -hmm. is to identify it and get rid of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, to give omega-3 fatty acids to reduce inflammatory cascade, do I do that? Of course I do that. But to do that and not address toxicity, which is how a majority of the holistic doctors, and that's one reason I'm not that popular among the holistic doctors. (laughs) You know, I'm not very popular with the integrator – with the – with the conventional docs or the integrative docs, I think you're about the only person that likes me. I'm not sure why, but but you know what? The funny thing is that we we use these supplements. Uh-huh. Many of the integrative doctors and the natural doctors will start using these supplements, but they're using them in the same fashion as a drug. Right. It's a symptom management issue, and they don't look at the basic fundamental flaw in their reasoning. They think that because they're not using a drug, but instead they're using you know they're not using the Paxil or the Prozac. They're using St. John's Wort, mm-hmm. and so they're better because they're using St. John's Wort. Well, okay, you're using a less toxic substance, and yes, St. John's Wort is natural, and yes, it is good for you, and yes, it can if harvested at the 
right time be very effective. But the problem is what's causing the imbalance? Right. Let's deal right. with that imbalance first because, you know, I have gotten to the point – I've experimented in my own body. And, Robert, you know better than probably most mm. people out there. We have taken every type of chronic disease, every type. You name it, yeah. we have dealt with it from stage 4 cancers to end-stage heart disease to degenerative joint problems to – you know, and uh, the, the the diabetics and the autism and mm-hmm. stroke and every single thing that is supposedly uncurable. We have had those patients come to us. We have treated them with our philosophy. And those people, many of them that were terminal, that were given three months left to live, four months left to live, whatever, they're now six, seven, eight, nine years out and they're doing well. Yes. And the reason is not because I have some magic bullet or some kind of magic a potion or lotion or this or that or whatever. We do have some pretty effective things, but that they're not magical by any means. It's because of our philosophy of one, cleaning up the system. If I mean the simplistic, this is like, I wish, you know, I, I wish it could be a little bit more complicated. So at least I could say that. Oh, look at this! How complicated this is. But it's so simple. Yeah. You just got to put the freaking fire out before you rebuild the house. Yeah. That's it. How simple? You're right, and and that's the thing. We we can. Uh I, I suppose that's why I think it's kind of funny, too, because we, we may have a high degree of training in certain specific areas, yet the things we're trying to impart are so basic that we can explain this to a sixth grader and they'll get it. But the medical doctor, so overtrained and overburdened with misinformation, will often fight against this simplicity. You're absolutely right. My seven-year-old, I've heard him <laughs> talking to people at his school and how he describes certain things. And he said something to me the other day that the teacher, had, one of his teachers had said, we were there for their Christmas party. One of the teachers had said using the hand sanitizer. And Rahan looks at me and mm. he looks at his teacher and he said something to the extent of, well, you shouldn't really use hand sanitizer because that kills all the good stuff on your hands. Nice. And I could think the teacher, I could see the teacher looking at him like, poor little kid doesn't understand that, you know, there's a thing called bacteria and we're killing the bacteria. Yeah. But Rahan was absolutely right. You don't exactly. want to kill the natural things on our on our hand because then you sterilize everything and that allows for all these opportunistic things to set up house because we've just ruined the natural barriers that, that were designed by the creator. Yep, and we have just run out of time, Dr. Bittar. Look at that. 2012 <laughs> kicking into gear. We're already out of the, of the, out of the gate. It couldn't happen at a better time because, you know, if you don't shut me up, then I'll just keep on going. <laughs> well, we'll be back at with some more advanced medicine on Monday as usual and looking forward to many more wonderfully informative, educational, and I guess you could say somewhat in-your-face shows, but in, in a loving way. Well, I think that would be a good way of putting it, Robert. All right. Well, we did some political healing. We did some economic healing. We did some physiological, emotional, all of that involved here. And I'm so glad to be back in the broadcast studio here with you in 2012. Dr. Batar, thanks again for joining me. 866-939-BELL. While we're off the air, keep those calls coming. We'll get them on the air as often as we can. Get the nine steps to keep the doctor away. If you have not read it, you're missing out. Remember Chapter 11 we referenced today talking about endocrine systems and modulating all the things that we want to do. Dr. Pitar, thanks again. Remember this, until tomorrow, the power to heal is yours.